Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. My message today is just believe. Just believe. Jesus said, just believe. Smith Wigglesworth said, just believe. How hard is it? He raised, I think it was about 11 or 12, 13 people from the dead. And all he said was just believe. He had an argument with his wife. His wife died. He raised her from the dead. They had an argument. She died again. She said, I'm going to go be with my Lord. He raised her from the dead again. And so they had another argument. And it took him three times to raise her from the dead. So don't argue with your wife. <laughs> Amen. She wants to go to heaven. Leave her. So, in the body of Christ right now, there are a lot of trials, tribulations, just like any generation. Um, There's financial problems, there's healing problems, there's health. um, There's all sorts of things that we've got to contend with in life. Amen? And uh, we're all human, so there's an evil day that comes to each and every one of us. It's how do we handle that trial, that tribulation, that test of our faith. That's going to tell whether we're going to make it or not. Amen? Because if you allow those tests to override you and smother you, um, it's only by faith that we can overcome. We've got to fight the good fight of faith. Amen? We've got to keep the faith, like Paul said. And, uh, but we need to be positive as we seek the face of God to meet our needs. Now, what is the word positive? Positive means to be convinced, to be confident in our opinion. What are we confident in? Are we confident that Christ will meet our needs? That God will meet our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus? Are we confident in that? Are we totally convinced of that? Or do we vacillate? We go from one opinion to another. We must be totally, totally convinced that God is able. Amen. And that's my job here today, is to get you to the place where you are totally convinced that God will meet the need that's in your heart right now. Amen. The reason we come to church is so that we can meet with God and have our needs met. Why do we come here? We come here to have an audience, to have a confrontation with the living God, to be in his presence, to feel his anointing, to experience his spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, when these things come against us, we need to, you know, this is the, the month of the mouth. So now we can taste and see that the Lord is good, and that's great. But we need to zip our lips. Because faith's got to come out of our lips. If, we, if we're not speaking the right thing, we need to zip the lip. We need to, in a nice way, be quiet. Let's go to Proverbs 29, 18. And all God's people said, "Woo, amen, there, here we go. This side's a whole lot better than that side. Guys, so Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, no vision, no redemptive revelation. In other words, you've got no revelation that God God can redeem you. Okay? Your life's broken. You're shattered. You're broke. But you don't have a revelation that God can meet that need. You don't have a revelation of his redemptive power to operate in your life. I'm going to bring you to the place where you will have a full revelation. 
where there's no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. We need to just believe. Say, just believe. I know we got this thing confession and we're going strong right now. Let's not stop. Let's say this. Just believe. See yourself healed, prospering, living to an old, good old age. See it. Get that vision. See yourself. Because faith is going to be reliant on your vision. So if you're trusting God, see the finances coming into the bank account. If you're sick, see yourself healed. Amen. If you're trusting God for your children to be saved, see them sitting next to you in church. Get a vision of what you're praying for. Because if you don't have that vision, you will not have the faith to believe God. So I want you to get what you're trusting God for into your heart, into your mind. Get the vision. See the answer of God. Not the works of the devil. See the answer of God. Now, Numbers 14, 28. Book of Numbers 14, 28. Tell them. Now, this is God speaking, okay? Now, I'm going to say, they, they said to me, I'm going to say this in a nice way. God is cross. God is very cross. And my wife said, don't say that. I said, yeah, man, he's ticked off. She said, don't tell him he's ticked off. God is ticked off. <laughs> and this is God, the Father. Tell them, as I live, says the Lord, what you've said in my hearing, I will do to you. So the first thing that comes out of your mouth is what God's going to answer. So make sure it's based on faith. You've got a scripture. You're trusting God. I thank you, God, that you can meet all my need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I preach that. I go there. And I'm not going to say anything that's going to contradict what's come out of my mouth. The scripture is saying that the first thing you say in God's hearing is what he will do to you. So in other words, your personal prayer must line up with what you're trusting him for. Okay? Not what you're not trusting him for. Now, the, the, this scripture is talking about people and um, why God has ticked off. Because the, the young people were scared that the old people were going to get murdered. And the old people were scared that the young people were going to get wiped out. And so they came to God and they're muttering and murmuring. And guess what? They got wiped out. Because the thing you fear came upon him. That's why God was saying, make sure that you know what you're saying when you pray. So the first thing that comes out of you, I'm going to answer you. If it's positive, you're trusting God for finances, healing, I'll do it. I'll do it. But don't come and stalk nonsense in my sight, in my hearing. In this scripture, it also shows that the fear of man is many times without foundation, no substance. Because the devil is a liar. And where's the warfare? Warfare is between our ears. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. So all these thoughts are pounding us. Tell him to get out of your mind. Got no place in you. It's not his temple. You belong to God. When God is in a thing, man never needs to fear the results. Never, ever fear the results. God is greater than all and will fulfill his word. He always honor his word. He honors his word above his name. So when you bring the word, you're bringing something that he cannot refuse you with. Because he honors that word. 
in this scripture, okay, let's not go, let's not dwell in there anymore. So, there was a person, she was a Shunammite woman, a Shunammite woman, a non-believer. And she built a, a, a house for the, for the prophet of God. The prophet of God was going backwards and forwards past the house. So she thought, no, man, I must bless this man of God and built him a little room and put a bed in there and a, and a table and a chair. And he would stop there and have food and rest and sleep. And, and uh, so she just blessed him. And so Elisha says to his servant, Gehazi, he says, Gehazi, what can I do for this woman, this Shunammite? And Gehazi says, well, she doesn't have any children. She's barren. And her, old, and her husband is old. He's a toppy. So she's got double trouble here. <laughs> Amen. So does Elijah run, Elisha run away? No. He says, praise to God. <laughs> she gets pregnant, has a son. Okay. So little guy's about three or four years old, and he's playing in the fields with his dad, having a good time. And the sun whacks him. So he gets sunstroke, serious sunstroke. So now, yeah, here's the thing. God supernaturally gives her a son, okay, by the supernatural. Now, suddenly, he's on the point of dying. Now, here's the faith. If God gave her a supernatural son, do you think God's going to take the son away? No. So she's kicked in. And this, and this is what she says. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 26, 32 to 36. And this is the prophet speaking. And he says to Gehazi, run to meet her and say, is it well with you? Well with your husband? Well with the child? And she answered, it is well. She sees her son healed. She has a vision. She knows that God's not going to let this child die. It is well. Say it is well. It is well with my prayers, with my vision. It is well. I am going to have a prosperous life. I am going to have a healing life, healed life. I'm going to live to a good old age. Just like me. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. You either, listen, you're either going to live to be 90 or 100 or you're going to die at 40. So what's the option? Live to 100, man. Verse 32. When Elisha arrived in the house, the child was dead. Cold, stone, dead. He was fridge meat. Okay. He was dead. All right. Now where's my helpers? Come on, guys. Now, don't get carried away here, okay? Okay. You know the roots. Face each other like good boys. So, <laughs> puts his hand on his hands, eyes on his eyes. This is the prophet now. Hallelujah. On top of the body of the child. Okay, I'm not going to do that. So, they don't, you don't have to worry. All right. So, this is the prophet. He's touching the child that's dead and he's imparting Body, life, heat into the child. Okay, guys, thank you. I'm going to carry on too long. Just now they start kissing each other. Okay. So now this guy's lying there. He's dead. And Elisha imparts body heat. So what happens? The body starts to warm up. Okay. The, the child's not alive yet. So he went in, shut the door on the two of them. So he gets rid of the, the Shunammite and he gets rid of his Gehazi. Gets, gets him out of the room. You listen, you don't want people there that are not trusting you to raise somebody from the dead, okay? 
So he went up and lay on the child, put his mouth on his mouth, just like these guys, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands. And as he stretched himself on him, embraced him, the child's flesh became warm. So the, the coldness of death is now lifted. All right? You only need to see this. Then he returned. How many times did Jesus pray for the blind man? A couple of times. He asked the blind man, can you see? He said, no, I see people walking like sticks. So he prayed again. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro, went up again and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times. Now, I've been asked if there's some spiritual connotation there, and I don't believe so. I think it's just seven times. Okay, <laughs> Seven times. Guess what? He's alive. Woo! And then he opened his eyes. Verse 36, then Elisha called Gehazi, said, call the Shunammite. So he called him, and when he came, he said, take up your son. End of that one. I don't need to pray no more. Now, there was a guy by the name of Jairus. And Jairus asks Jesus to heal his daughter. Okay, now, the daughter is not dead. She's sick. And Jairus comes to Jesus, and he says, I need you to come to my house and heal my daughter. And Jesus says, okay, sweet, let's go. Let's have a look at Luke 8, verses 49 to 55. While he was still speaking, a man from the house of the director of the synagogue came and said to Jairus, your daughter is dead. Now, oh, my Lord Jesus. He's got to go pray for his daughter. Jesus got to go pray. And this guy comes and tells Jairus, your daughter's dead. She's dead. Why bother the teacher? Why bother Jesus? Do not weary and trouble the teacher any further. Verse 50. But Jesus, on hearing this, the minute Jesus hears this, answered him, do not be seized with alarm or struck with fear. When fear comes in, faith goes out. Fear and faith cannot survive in the same room, space. And God don't share his space. So the devil must come out. Simply believe in me as able to do this, and she shall be made well. When he came to the house, he permitted no one to enter with him except Peter, John, James, and the girl's father and mother. And all were weeping for and bewailing her. But he said, do not weep. He stops this crying. You know, they used to hire people to wail and cry. <laughs> I mean, there's some funerals. Oh, my Lord, Jesus, you don't go there, boy. They're going to wail and cry for a week before they bury this person. So you, Jesus stops that thing there. Man. No more weeping. For she's not dead but sleeping. And then they all think he's crazy. They laughed him to scorn. Knowing full well that she was dead. That's the unbelief. Verse 54. And grasping her hand, he called saying, Child, arise from the sleep of death. And a spirit returned from death. She arose immediately and he directed that she should be given something to eat. Now, we notice a couple of points in the discourse of Jesus in the scripture. Now, there's a couple of points you can make a note of. Listen, if you're praying for people, make a note of this. Don't look at me like I'm lost. Make notes. Hey, when? Number one, verse 49. A man comes and says to Jairus, your daughter is dead. Gefrak. You did not need Jesus to pray. Hey, man, how's this? 
Jesus, you don't need to be here, man. You can go home and have some braai or something. Now, this man brings fear to the parents, and it kills their faith right there. Yeah, they're trusting for healing. Now they've got to deal with death. And so they faced with this thing in their face. <laughs> now, I'm here to tell you your vision, the thing that you trust in God for, whether it's finances, healing, children, whatever, that vision is not dead. It's not dead. I'm here to speak to that vision that you have, that faith that you've put out to God, you trust in God for. It's not dead. It's going to be redeemed. It's going to be restored. It's going to be revived. It will be raised from the dead today in Jesus' name. Number two, verse 50. The minute Jesus hears the words of this man, he says to Jairus, do not be seized with, deceased with alarm or struck with fear. Later on, I want to deal with fear. Okay, I'm going to deal with it here. So I want you to start thinking about it. Are you in fear in any area? Fear to hop on the highway, fear to drive a car, fear to be mugged, fear to be raped, whatever. I want you to think about it. And if it does apply, we will deal with that thing. Because when that thing goes out, fear come, uh, faith comes in. And we can start seeing and having a vision to see the power of God operate in our lives. Do not be seized with alarm or struck with fear. Simply believe in me as able to do this. Do not say a word. That's Jesus. Don't say a word. Zip the lip. Just believe. Don't say anything. It's going to destroy everything. Keep your mouth shut. Just believe. And she shall be made well. Jesus gives them vision to see her raised from the dead. To see your dream, to see what you're trusting God for, you've got to just have a vision and see God raising that thing from the dead. I mean, you might be trusting God for the last 10 years for something. Today's the day that God is going to touch you and meet that thing. Come on. Let's get some faith going here. I need to build your faith here. Are we going to raise the dead here? Hey, amen. Number three, verse 51, Jesus only allows Peter, John, and James, and the girl's parents into the room where he raises her from the dead. It's his inner circle. Oh, my God, Jesus. When you trust in God, surround yourself with people you know have faith. And I'll tell you what, better only two or three. Because more people, more trouble. More people, more unbelief. And make sure that you can see the gift operating in that person. That person needs to have trusted God for something supernatural. There has to be an activation. There must be some anointing in that person if you want them to pray with you. You don't want people of unbelief around you. And rather than you pray by yourself or with your spouse. Amen. Make sure you have people of faith. Number four, verse 52. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> My Lord, he says to them, he tells them, stop crying. Suck it up. Man up. Get your lip off the floor. Stop crying. <laughs> I'm going to repossess my house in my car. <laughs> Get in there with God. Come on. Man up. Or lady up, I don't know. If you lady, lady up. 
Stop unbelief. She's just sleeping. Jesus gives them a vision and he builds their faith. Number five, verse 54, the prayer of Jesus. Child, arise from the sleep of death. Vision, arise from the sleep of death. God's redemptive revelation is manifested when he raises her from the dead. There's a manifestation of the redemption power of God right there. And a spirit returned from death. Here we see Jesus operating in the gift of faith. This is the supernatural gift of faith, okay? It's not where you read the Bible, pray in the Holy Ghost. It's not that type of faith. This faith, it is a faith given by God with the ability to believe God for the impossible. So it's the gift of faith. It's the supernatural empowerment from God, the Holy Spirit, to give you the faith you need. Listen. If you're raising people from the dead, you better have that gift operating. Otherwise, they'll lock you up. You go to the mortuary and try and raise people from the dead. They better rise from the dead. <laughs> okay? So you need the gift of faith. Now, the enemy of faith is fear. It's a demon spirit. It's fear. It will come against you. The minute you start trusting God, that thing will come against you. It will bring doubt. It will bring unbelief. It will say, has Jesus, has God said? The last person they believed this went bankrupt. The last people, who, the person who believed this is dead. They wound up in hospital and died. Huh? These things now are going to start coming at you. These mountains come against your words of belief. Jesus first deals with the demon of fear by shutting off the words of unbelief. He tells him to shut up. Then he raises the girl from the dead. Acts 3, verses 12 and 16. And Peter, seeing it, answered the people, You men of Israel, why are you so surprised and wondering at this? Why do you keep staring at us as though by our own individual power or act of piety we had made this man able to walk? Peter's saying, get your eyes off me, man. I didn't, raise it. I didn't heal this guy. Get your eyes on Jesus. Verse 16. And his name, and his name, through and by faith in his name, has made this man home, whom you see and recognize well and strong. Yes, the faith which is through and by him, Jesus. Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus. It's in the power of Jesus that this is going to happen. Not the power of Ivan. The power of Jesus. Let's get Jesus' name throughout this temple here. This whole congregation. Say Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Has made this man whom you see and recognize well and strong. Yes, the faith which is through and by him, Jesus, has given the man this perfect soundness of body before all of you. Now, here's the first confession that you're going to have to make. Now, I want you to say this after me nicely, full of faith. The, the name of Jesus is the source of power. Say it again. The name of Jesus is the source of power. Not the man, Jesus. He himself worked miracles when he left the world. He appointed spiritual believing family to be his representatives. In other words, he's ordained that you walk in the same anointing as he has giving them all power in heaven and in his name. His name, Jesus, is the object of faith. 
Yeah. There are no limits to the success of the church if it's all operating in faith. Amen. Problem comes when they don't operate in faith. Now, Christ's name involves his spiritual presence. So if I stand here and I say, Jesus, immediately Jesus is here. How can you say that? Well, you need to start training your spiritual eyes. You want to know what Jesus looks like? Go to Revelation chapter 1. Eyes of flaming fire, face that shines like the sun in his glory, hairs white as wool, infinite wisdom, robe of white, garland of gold band across his chest, absolute majesty. That's who Jesus is. When I say Jesus, yeah. Now that's where your faith comes in. Is he here? Is he here? Yes, he is. Christ's name can heal the sick because he is present in the name. It's the name. The, the name doesn't work as a formula or incantation. This is how it works. My wife and I, we're standing there. We're going to pray for the sick. We better have faith when we stand there. I don't stand there and check out this. And no, we're standing there in faith, believing that somebody's going to get healed, delivered. Demons are going to come out. Hello? Hello? Now, here's the obligation. The person that's coming up for prayer, he better have faith or she better have faith because the two work together. The one standing here just going to have faith. The one coming up must also have faith. When they two faiths join, two or more, bang, it happens. But if the person coming up here had no faith, oh, boy, bless you. Uh, my God. Make your day bright and beautiful and have a great week and back as bye-bye. Nothing's going to happen. And I can feel it sometimes when I'm there. Oh. Understand the people, that if, if, if I'm called to, to pray there, I've spent hours with God. I'm going to stand there, and pick my nose. I'm trusting God for some people are going to get healed there. And that goes for everybody that prays here at the altar. Okay, all the deacons, all the workers. Now, it's okay. the manifestation of the Father is through the Son. So God the Father manifests himself through the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So when Jesus operates, he manifests his Father. Hallelujah. Now, Peter's faith in the name of Jesus is Christ's actual presence and power to heal. That was his faith. And the person was healed. Amen. So that manifested the Father's presence. So now, look at the power of God's grace. And I need grace. Stop time. Let's now look at the power of God's grace. His free, unmerited ability and strength given to us in Christ Jesus. In other words, grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. Amen. Grace, we will see, is an actual power. It is something given to operate in us as we believe and have faith and willingly abide in him. So, grace is the actual power of God operating in and through your life. It's a power. It's not spooky the ghost. It's a power. So grace operates in and through your life as a power. You've got to get this. It's by grace you are saved. Okay? Now, 
God's grace is miraculous power at work in and through man. An active, self-denying, speaking church, challenging the world. You're going to get in the face of the world. You're going to challenge the world. The minute, listen, you can go into a conversation, they're talking about cricket and soccer and rugby and drinking beer and swearing and hot, and you go in there and you just say, you know what Jesus said? Shops, get still, quiet, and all they all disappear. It's the power of Jesus. I've tested that many times. It works. Then the one who gets left, I can witness to him. Okay. Acts chapter 6, verse 8. Acts chapter 6, verse 8. Now, Stephen is just a lighty like you and me, okay? I like to be a lighty. So Stephen is just a human being, just like you and me, just a deacon, just a person, just a worker, okay? Stephen. Now, Stephen, full of grace, full of power, full of grace, full of power. Now, Stephen, full of grace, divine blessing and favor and power. Strength and ability work great wonders and signs, miracles among the people. Signs, wonders, and miracles are operating in your life by God's grace. His power operating in and through your body. Grace is the first, the favor of God felt in a man and then manifested in his whole tone, the way he talks, the way he lives, the way he walks. Amen. Now, in the service of Christ, we must depend for power with men on grace. From God. We must look to God for his power. We will remain unsuccessful as workers for Christ, no matter how great our natural gifts may be. I don't care if you walk on water, can do flick flacks with a with a ball up your nose and do all these funny things. And I'm gonna help you unless we have God's grace from above to penetrate our soul when we're working for him. Now, confession number two. I need to go to. I want you to say this with meaning. Think about it. Great grace is the secret of great spiritual power. If you've got great grace, you have great spiritual power. Let's say this again. Great grace is the secret of great spiritual power. Hallelujah. You just got a key there. Grace empowers us to go through trials and tribulations. So the grace of God is going to get you through what's in front of you. Hey? The trials, the tribulations. It's going to be by His grace. Okay, let's speed this up. Now, note with every duty comes the power to do it. In other words, if God says, I want you to pray for the sick, His power will be there for you to heal the sick. If God says to you, I want you to witness to that person there at the toll, his power will be there to do that. He'll encourage you, he'll strengthen you, he'll empower you, and his grace will operate. Hallelujah. He doesn't tell you to do something and then says, okay, bye, see you next week. No, he's there, works with you, confirms the word. Let's go to Matthew 17, verse 20. He said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, that is your lack of firmly relying trust, for truly I say to you, if you have faith that is living, in other words, faith is a living thing. You've got no faith, little faith, medium faith, great faith. Okay, so faith lives, produces, like a grain of mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, move from here to yonder place and it will move. 
and nothing will be impossible to you. Your dream is not impossible. It's possible. Say it for me. My dream, my vision is possible through the grace and the spiritual power of Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Zechariah 4, verses 6 and 7. Then he said to me, this addition of the bowl to the candlestick, causing it to yield a ceaseless supply of oil. And we see a ceaseless supply of oil. It's a ceaseless, ceaseless supply of the Holy Ghost, the anointing. Okay. From the olive trees is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. It's not flesh yet. It's the spirit of God, of whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord of hosts. Now, hear this. For who are you, O great mountain of human obstacles? Who are you, O great mountain of obstacles? What is the obstacle in your life? Is it a mountain? Now, hear what God says. Just drop down a little bit. You shall become a plain, a mere molehill. You see that? You shall become a plain, a mere molehill. In other words, this mountain that's facing you, that's in your face, obstructing you, hindering you, suddenly it's a little antip. You can't think away, man. It's a little antip. You see, you saw this massive mountain, but it's a little thing like this. Little sugar ants, man. Now, what does God say? And he shall bring forth the finished cable stone of the new temple. So in other words, God will finish what he started. He'll finish your dream. He'll finish your vision. He'll finish your prayer. Shall be removed. How shall it be removed? When the devil starts, because he will come against you. He'll give you thoughts. You have that vision in your, in your mind, in your heart. I'm trusting God for finances. The devil comes with a thought. You speak to that thing. You say, grace, grace in Jesus' name. That thing's gone. Comes again. Grace, grace. You speak to that thing. You speak to the mountain. Now, what is grace? Hallelujah. The power of God. So when you say to that mountain, grace, grace, the power of God hits that thing and poof, it's like a little, it's gone. It's not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit. You deal with spiritual things in the spirit. You can't hurry the devil, man. You can't kick him and punch him and do that. You deal with him in the spirit. Now, I need to also just give you a little bit of a, uh, a personal testimony. For the last two months or so, I've had a... a, a, a there's been no cash flow in my business. Now, I've, I've got work. Now, if, if you're a businessman, you know you've got to have constant cash flow. You know? So when the cash dries up for any reason, there's pressure. So I brought the cash flow before God. And so that was my mountain. And I started saying, so what I'm teaching is what I practice, okay? I don't stand here and talk nonsense. So I started saying to that mountain, cash. Grace, grace. I've been saying it for six weeks. So this week, bang, 200,000. Bang, 100,000. Ha-ha, I'm, I'm telling you what has happened. I can show you. 
The one order is from Indonesia, in Jakarta somewhere. I mean, you know, come on. Come on. God is not short. He's not short. He knows what he's doing. He's in control. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.